swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. So today we're going to continue our divisional previews. Today we're going to talk about the Atlantic. We're going to talk about the top two teams, bottom two teams. That's Florida, Detroit, Buffalo, yeah. and Tampa. So two really, really intense teams with a ton of fantasy value. At least one team that can give us some, some right? Like I feel like Detroit's not a wasteland. Buffalo might be. Buffalo still might have Jack Eichel. Buffalo's rough, dude. <laughs> Buffalo's rough. Ruffalo. Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo. So if you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. we got a Fantasy Hockey Discord you can join. Let's hop right into it, man. Let's start out with Florida. This is a team that surprised a lot of people. They gave me the best hockey game that I think I've ever seen. Uh, that was the game against Tampa. I think it was like the first game of the playoffs last year. It was intense. I'll never forget that game. Sam Bennett, huge. Sam Reinhart was an addition this year. I think they added Joe Thornton not long ago. They lost Chris Drieger, lost yeah. Alex Wenberg, lost Keith Yandel. What's your sense of this team? What do you get? Like, are they? They're still a playoff team in my mind, right? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think they're just good. I think they're better. Even I love Reinhart. I think call it his, his pretty face I don't know but I think he's gonna be great there just to get out of the the noise of Buffalo and be able to play with probably at least on a power play with Barkov Huberto probably on a top line with one of them I think it's pretty exciting actually yeah I, I love Reinhardt here um it almost feels like a lot of like boom or bust maybe because remember Taylor Hall going to Arizona we we're like oh fuck yeah this like this is gonna work out well I'm not saying Sam Reinhart and Taylor Hall are the same people or Florida and Arizona are the same teams. Holy fuck. Pavel Buchnevich just went in the fifth round of yeah, I'm, draft. Yeah, I'm up right now. Uh, so disclaimer, folks, we are drafting right now. Yes, yes, we're doing our Monday mock right now. So <laughs> <laughs> there will be intermittent periods of attention that just go away. But uh, yeah, I, I love Sam Reinhart there, Sam Bennett too. Um, the addition of Joe Thornton, I think locks Sam Bennett into the two C position because I do think Reinhardt's going to wind up on the wing. And like you said, he's in the top six. He's either on the top line with Barkov and probably Verhage, or he's on the second line with Bennett and Huberto. I have those two paired together just because I do think that uh, Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto had like crazy, crazy chemistry. And I think between the two of them, that's, that's good news for Bennett. Good news for Huberto. It's going to work out, I think, for both. And Evander Kane just went in the fifth round. I took Ehlers. I'm, I'm big on Ehlers this year. I cannot, I, I'm not allowing myself to forget about him. I grabbed Chikrin. Um, I think that's a real boom or bust. Yeah, he's on an island. But anyway, man, let's, let's get into top targets for Florida. Who do you got at the top of your list? You're drafting only Florida players. Who are you drafting first? I would have to go with Barkov. Just, I mean... He, he's so solid. He's, you know what you're going to get. He, I don't think there's any risk to him whatsoever. He really impressed me last year. 
yeah, he's at the top of my list too. Um, Barkov is, you know, it surprised me how good his year was just because I, I really didn't put too much stock into it. I was thinking, oh, yeah, he's Barkov. He's just having, you know, like a Barkov-like season. He had that one that was, um, you know, out of this world where he, I think he put up like a 96-point pace. This year was just as good, and it didn't feel like it. Like there wasn't that intense buzz about him. Yeah, Florida was loud. Florida was, you know, they were really good. Barkov put up a 95-point pace with three and a half shots. That's his best shot volume ever. That's one point short of his best points per game ever. And he did it this year with half the amount of power play points that he did the year before. Now, that's not prorated out. He did 19 power play points in 50 games and 31 in 35. So he's he's putting damage in. He's getting big power play time, always good in the faceoff circle. What were you going to say? I think he gets overlooked because he's he's getting known as such an incredible two-way player. You don't realize how much, like he shoots a lot now and... Mm-hmm. He's a he's the he's a great offensive scorer. He's he's good in all round, but I think just because he gets talked about as being such a, a selkie candidate and such a good two way player, you kind of forget that he's he's a really legit offensive scorer too. Those those two way guys definitely do get kind of like almost put on mute a little bit just because you're like, Oh, I don't need defensive play. This is fantasy. Barkov does it all. He's amazing. Uh the hits aren't there, you don't need him. Blocks, not so much, but he shoots a ton, takes face-offs, and he's putting up 90-plus points. Didn't do that the year prior, so we're looking at 81-point pace, 96-point pace, 77-95, so a little bit of an up-and-down year. Florida, they're not in. They're not, right now, I don't think they're headed for a down year. I don't think that's in the cards. So I feel good about Barkov. Where did he go in this draft for us? He probably went top three rounds. Uh, yeah, there he is, 212, so last pick in the second round. Sounds about right. I think that's a good place for him. I like him there. Let's talk about uh, Huberto. Are you in agreement? Huberto is probably the second player going off the board here. Definitely. Yeah. yeah no, not- solid, solid bet. Regardless of how they get moved around in the top six, both of those guys are just so good. You don't really have to, I don't think you have to worry much about deployment or anything. Huberto has been so solid. Like, I remember last year you could take any 82 game pace of him and it was like 90 plus points. So he's got 92, 93, 91 point pace three years in a row. Uh, Shooting percentage keeps going up. Shots per game stays about the same. Uh, He hits a little bit, nothing to write home about. Huge power play time on ice. There's nothing to hate about this guy. You can bring the shots up, sure, but you're getting a ton of points. A ton. So I'm I'm with you, man. I think this is a good play. Definitely a different type of player than Barkov, but I think equally is, is reliable. And realistically, you probably could almost say they're about equal all things all things put together but number three i i'm betting on reinhardt to be honest um he had such a a showing last year i mean yeah there's there was no assist to be had but he had 25 goals which on an island by himself i was quite impressed i think he's going to be super stoked to be playing with an actual team for once. I think he's going to have a strong year, and I, I think really good chance he's on the power play. Oh, God, there's the fan tracks horn. <laughs> I forgot to mute that shit. And I just drafted the player I think you should be talking about. Who did you just draft? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Aaron Ekblad. Yeah. And I think the reason I have him there, and maybe in our mock drafts, he's just been getting forgotten. Like, uh, you know, his his point totals from last year don't have him 
up the list. And I think he is a sneaky pick. He was great on the power play last year and great at even strength the year before that. So those are two ingredients to make a perfect recipe, I think. So he brings that together. He's going to give us a 65-point season. He doesn't. He's still shown us a 50-point floor with great stuff, the rest of the stuff, shots, hits, blocks. I, th- I think he's all right. I <laughs> Apparently, I have sniped uh, Joel two rounds in a row now with Ehlers and Ekblad, but... <laughs> I'm feeling all right, man. Like, I love Ekblad. I got him in the sixth. I'm pretty happy about that. Seth Jones just went, and I feel bad now because I feel like Seth Jones probably should have gotten taken first. Anyway. No, I like I like Ekblad, and I think given the, you know, the it's his his power play now, the, bringing Reinhardt in, I really think Florida's going to have a lot of, all these guys are going to be super relevant. I think Ekblad's going to have a, a big year maybe with some of his best totals that he's seen. Uh, I just I just feel like Florida is actually going to be a really even more serious contender this year. Sorry, I'm t- talking shit on the on the draft chat. Coming in at number 5, I guess. This was a really tough one, but I think like for me, my favorite players fall into the number 5 slot if we're saying Ekblad and Reinhardt take out the the top 4 there. Who would you throw in as your number five? I think for me, it's between Weegs and Bennett. Yeah, four and five for me were the Sams. It was Bennett and Reinhardt. I love Bennett. Uh, I I like you. I had Reinhardt at my top four. For me, he was number four. I had Bennett at number five just because there is a boom or bust kind of baked into to drafting him. Like Bennett, we've seen him in, in Calgary. I mean, this is, this is his narrative until he proves us wrong. So next offseason, we can talk about him in a different light. But for now, we've seen him go apeshit in Florida, apeshit for Calgary, but only in the playoffs. And then he's kind of like, you know, meh in the regular season. The caveat here is that he's never played with Jonathan Huberto for an entire season. And he's never played with somebody like Jonathan Huberto in Calgary. So there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot more boom than there is bust because I don't think there's a bust factor when Joe Thornton is your 3C. He's not exactly like, you know, breathing down your neck as a two C. <laughs> Maybe Reinhardt, but I, I just don't see it. Um, Nola Shari is a great four C, so I think center is locked up. You got Barkov, you got Bennett, you got Thornton, you got Ashari. That's your four centers. So I think Bennett is cemented into that two C, cemented next to Huberto. I think that is going to spell great things. He bangs. There's a good shot. He's going to be on the power play. It's either him or Hornquist for that first power play net front so i think bennett is a top five pick if we're talking florida i i think Uyghur, I he's first up in my deeper targets with like a whole plethora of people here but i want to dig into reinhardt because this kind of cascades down into this power play and i want to dig into the power play right now because let's talk about the sure things on power play one how many sure things are there on power play one well, Barkov, Huberto, I would say Reinhardt. You think Reinhardt's a sure thing? Uh, I would say definitely to start the year unless he doesn't work out, but I really think um, they want him there for sure. For me, the sure things are Ekblad, Barkov, and Huberto. Everybody else has an asterisk. Yes, oh, there Ekblad are certain... For sure. Ekblad, for sure. Ekblad, yeah. Um, there's Bennett, there's Reinhardt, there's Hornquist. You could say Tippett, you could say Verhage, but like the further I go down this list, the less sense it makes. But I think Bennett, Reinhardt, and Hornquist are the three players fighting for two spots. 
And yeah, you can put Tippett in there. Maybe he brings a different dynamic. Who knows? Um, but I am thinking that it's going to be Bennett and Reinhardt. I think Hornquist makes a good addition to your power play too, which is going to be fucking loaded. Mm-hmm. Uyghur, Hornquist, Verhage, Duclair, Vetrano, Marchment, and then like you still have Owen Tippett there. So like they have the makings of a solid one and two power play. Even a Thornton, right? Like that's they a could place have a where you can play. they could have a third power play if they wanted to. Yeah. Like they have that many good players. You know what I mean? They are. That's what I mean. Once you start putting these lines together, it's a pretty exciting team. I hate the fact that it is, but it really is, man. Oh, I don't think Florida's in in like the, you know. I think they're fun. I think they're fun. I don't like fun. Is hate a good to like to them. It. Yeah, I don't hate to like them. You know what I mean? Like they're fun. I'm really rooting for them. But Brovsky makes me a little nervous. Um, but let's save that for a minute. I got deep league targets. Let's talk about Uyghur. Led defenseman in even strength points last year. What do you think happens this year? I'm going to bring it back one second, and I'm going to talk about Ekblad, who two years ago scored enough even strength points, didn't do so well on the power play, 50-point pace. Gets top power play, kills it on the power play eh, at even strength, 52-point pace. So he gets top power play, he adds two points to his pace, there is 100% another gear there, without a doubt. So I think maybe he puts it together on at even strength. Do you think that starts to chew into Uyghur's pie? Now, there's no Keith Yandel, so maybe there's a different type of pie for for Uyghur to eat. I don't know. Like, what, what do you really think about Uyghur for next year? Do you think right now is a perfect time to sell as high as you can? Like, what do you think? Does it dip? Can we bet on another ceiling past that? I don't think he I don't think there's another gear just because like uh like we were just saying, like I think Ekblad is is there. I think even though they can have two good power plays, I think they're going to have like one main power play that gets probably like sixty-five, seventy percent of the time at least. I don't see it being like a a half and half deal. But he's good. And the thing that we especially love about Weeks is he puts up peripheral points even when he's not scoring. Um, and he puts up respectable, technically the best five-on-five five points even without the power play. So he's just a great option that uh, I'd, I'd peg him about the same pace or maybe a little lower pace this year. I don't see now, a We are talking point. about a 55-point pace from a power play two defenseman. That is better than Ekblad had at power play two. I'd I'd put him like at more of like a high forties point pace. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. I was just about to say forty five to fifty. I I feel pretty comfortable about that. Yeah, like a good solid, a good solid pace. I don't see it being like a drastic drop off by any means. Patrick Hornquist is my next deep league target. I don't think there's much more there. I I mean, he's been in the league long enough. I feel like we know who he is. I don't expect much more. Maybe things taper off if he doesn't get the top power play. But I, I feel like there's nothing much more to say about Hornquist. You can probably say the same about Vitrano, Ashari, Duclair, and Tippett. These are the kind of wild cards that I have because I don't know how these lines are going to shake out. I have one of these two guys on the second line. So I have Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt on my top line if I'm the coach. Uh, Huberto, Bennett, and Tippett with Duclair on the fourth line. Duclair seems more like a fourth line guy than Tippett. Because I feel like Tippett's got enough pedigree that you can't just, you know, shelter him forever. I think maybe he gets first crack. What do you think? You're up on the draft, by the way. Oh, shit. Uh, 
I have <laughs> no idea it. who I'm gonna pick. I'll take Barzell. Fuck it. Thirty seconds left. Barzell. No, it's too early. Too early. Oh shit! I have ten seconds. All right. Fuck. Give me a goalie. Give me a goalie. I have three seconds to pick a goalie. No. No. Oh, all right. Well, Barzell was in my queue. Fine. There you go. Oh, well. I got goalies. Oh, we, we both have faded goalies. Um, I have no goalies. I have no goalies. Fuck, I'm <laughs> going just to be on brand. I'm just going to take Thatcher Demko and get it done with. Um, Barf. Shut up. Well, the next up is Tristan Jari and Mike Smith, according to Fantrax ranking right it's now. Gross. It's gross. It's gross. It is gross. But, yeah, it's I mean... Gross. All things told, there I think the, um, there's a lot of promise uh, on Florida. The one guy that I didn't hear you mention, and I don't think we will all year, but is there anything to goose of? I forgot about him. Actually, I think his contract is over, and he just hasn't gotten re-signed anywhere. Yeah, that's so. I just think bye. I don't think he's in Florida. Yeah. All right, man. It is the goalie run, or at least it should be here in the ninth round. Let's talk about goalies. Sergey Bobrovsky, Spencer Knight. That's your duo. Trigger last year started 23 games. Bobrovsky started 30. There was a little bit of COVID stuff or, or immigration stuff to start the season. I think he missed like three games. Uh, Bob's that is. So there was kind of a 60-40 split to Bob's and Trigger. Knight took four starts last year. Um, I think it's going to be similar to that. I don't think that Quenville is the type to put preferential treatment on somebody because of their contract. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to win games. So if Knight's playing good enough. I think he's going to push for starts. I would put a ceiling at kind of like 45% of the starts, but I do think Bob's takes, takes the cake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Knight had a great showing. I think he won. He was four for four, I believe. Um, pretty good. He was pretty good. Had a, you know, two, two GA. So he was, he was good. I do think Bob's probably going to take the majority, uh, not a humongous majority, not like a Luongo like majority, but yeah, probably 60, 40 split, I think, or maybe more um, if Bob is, is hot, but I just don't see him going on any of his old streaks anymore. Yeah. I think it's like, if, if there was a, a late round um, handcuff to get, that's one you might be able to get. Depending on the league you're in, people are definitely down on Bobrovsky, and you might be able to get Knight in a in a very late round if it's the type of league where you want uh, a handcuff situation. I see a lot of wins in Florida this year. Me too. I'm right there with you. Prospects that could make the jump. It's a tight lineup to crack. Like the only, the only question mark is maybe Marchment, right? And that's the only thing I can see. We've already talked about how. The center position is pretty locked up. Barkov, Bennett, Thornton, Ashari. So Anton Lundell might come in as a winger. And if he does, I'd expect it to be on the fourth line. So it's kind of tough cookies there for him and Grigori Denisenko. Again, he could play uh, if Marchment, you know, if either of these guys impress out of camp. I think that's how they earn their jobs here. And it sucks because that they don't even have a top six, top nine. They have a top 12. And it's a strong team. So it's going to be hard for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a deep forward set for sure. Buffalo, man, let's get them out of the way. This is going to be a bad team. It's going to be a really, really bad team. There is 
still a question mark surrounding Jack Eichel. Um, you know, there was just a billboard put up today about uh, <laughs> getting <laughs> getting Jack out by the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. Uh, great use of their funds. Fine. Um, it's pretty funny. And we all kind of hope that there is a end to this saga because it feels like he should get traded. The rumored teams are like Minnesota, New York Rangers have been rumored pretty heavily. I think uh, Vegas is a, is kind of a dark horse. Who knows how it happens? Let's treat this like let's let's talk about two different teams here. Let's talk about a Jack Eichel Buffalo and let's talk about a not Jack Eichel Buffalo. Not Jack Eichel Buffalo sucks for everybody on the team. Casey Middlestad, Victor Olafson. I had trouble putting together top targets. I think Rasmus Dahlin's tank or uh, his stock tanks, if there's no Eichel. Casey Middlestad, sure, if you're going to be a top line center, that's fine. But like, what oh. really is your ceiling if if you're the top line center playing with Jack Eichel and Victor Olafson? If that's your top line, what is your ceiling? I hear so many people talking about Casey Middlestad breakout, but Jack Eichel was the only person that was able to like, I hate the words. Somebody's got to score. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. I think, you know, there's a very easy chance that somebody doesn't score. <laughs> this would be the, the team <laughs> to do it. I mean, looking at the, yeah. Looking Goals at their per game, last man. year. Fuck. Uh, Olafson, Olafson, 13 goals in 56 games was their best remaining player right now, followed by Middlestat, right? <laughs> it's, it's rough. I mean, what you could possibly do, like, there's no way Eichel plays there. I just can't see there being any way. Um, and then there, if the only thing is if Eichel goes somewhere, you might be able to find some good uh, streamers and some random hot streaks from guys like Middlestat or like uh, Olafson, but yeah, it's uh, oh, it's it's dry. This team doesn't have another somebody's got to score a candidate. Well, you know when you're when you're sitting on on Yahoo looking at the team and you're like, it, it's in groups of twenty five. It looks like you're on the second page of a team. And you want to hit go to the previous twenty five players to get the good. There is no previous twenty five. No, this yeah. is it. This is poor Darlene. Like, oh, what's he gonna do? Develop, I guess. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, like I think it's 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 curtains for Olafson. It's like, like I just don't have a ton of hope. I want to talk about maybe Jeff Skinner. Like, if he's getting increased time on ice maybe there's some value to be had there, right? Like, are we starting that conversation again? Is that a conversation that's going to happen? I mean, that's a late round flyer. Like somebody, maybe someone doesn't have to score, but someone has to play on the top line. Hmm. And if Skinner is just the top line guy, he can take his shots, maybe, maybe get like a 20, 25 goal season out of it with zero assists kind of thing. But nah. (laughs) <laughs> the nine million dollar Jeff Skinner is is never he's not gonna ever make that look like a, a reasonable contract, I don't think. Hey, so we forgot to talk about uh breakouts and regression for Florida. Uh I have Sam Bennett for both of them. I think he could break out and I think he's gonna regress. He scored at a point and a half last year in fifteen or ten games in regular season. He had fifteen points. He's not gonna be, you know, a hundred and forty point player. So 
he's my regression candidate, but I also think he's in the 65 to 70 range. So just to plop that in there before we get into breakouts and regression for Buffalo, I think the whole team regresses. <laughs> I just wrote everyone. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, how do you stir a drink know. without like a shaker or a straw? Like Eichel is the straw that stirs that drink. And now it's just going to, it's going to sit out. All the ice is going to melt. There's going to be condensation all over the cup. It's going to, it's going to suck. Uh, it's a bad, it's a bad team. Are we drafting Darlene? I guess he's got to be late. Like we're entering the 10th round. Let's see if he even got drafted yet in this mock. He's still out there. So there's that, um, you know, dynasty outlook takes a strong hit. If Eichel's gone, man, their goalies. I think it's uh, Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson. Don't see that being a <laughs> winning duo. To be honest, I think this is like Arizona and Buffalo just, you know, tanking. They're both trying to get Shane right next year. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a really, really bad year for everybody in Buffalo. I, yeah. I really don't know what else there is to say. Like, what else is there? All that across the board. Not much else to say. I really don't have much good things to say about about Buffalo. I think, you know, maybe we can get into middle stat breaking out, but you know, nah, not in real life. I don't think, I mean, <laughs> there's a few stories you could make up if we were on Buffalo radio or something like him coming yeah. back or Darlene prove. I don't know, but I think in real life, it's just a shit sandwich. Is what he had a really, really, really good end of the year. He had, uh, I mean, what is it? It's in his last 30 games. He had 18 points, which is not too bad. But we're talking about like a 55-point player, and I just don't see a ton of like, oh, man, I'm about to get Darcy Kemper in the 10th round. Fuck yeah. Anyway, I got my goalie. Fade goalies, everybody. Rob Leonard just went, so I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll take Darcy Kemper. Fuck you guys. Anyway, fuck you, Rod. You're up. Uh, Tampa Bay. This is a really good team, but they lost their entire third line. Barclay Gaudreau, Blake Coleman, and Yanni Gord are gone. They brought in Brian Elliott. They lost Tyler Johnson as well. Brian Elliott was the second worst goalie in the league last year behind Carter Hart. So, <laughs> no. But oh, I think uh, Elliott can probably take more starts than Curtis McLean. So maybe it starts to chew into uh, Vasilevsky's workload because I think we are getting to that point where he has been absolutely trounced like he has been really really worked to the bone tampa doesn't have a ton of back-to-backs they have 12 on the year so they're not going to need him too much but they have somebody that can take more starts than mclaney vasileski first round pick easy let's get into the rest of the first round picks that these guys have um really it's kucherov kucherov i think is their first round pick absolutely I, t- I took him in the first round of this draft we're doing right now. I took him at sixth overall. Yeah. Great target. He was actually who I had queued up, and then you sniped him from me. So I panicked, took posture knock. I'm not mad. That's fine. Because I've, I've been getting Panarin in the second round of every single mock draft, and that is crazy to me. I love it. All right. So Kucherov, Hedman, Stamkos, Point, everybody on that top power play. Alex Killorn is usually the fifth piece on that power play just because of handedness. I know people hate hearing about handedness, but it's something that coaches take into account. It is. It doesn't mean nothing. 
Andre Plot shoots one way and Killorn shoots the other way. And I and maybe like, you know, he just brings a different element. They like Killorn on the top power play over Plot. What do you think happens to Plot next year? Who Andre Plot played in Nikita Kucherov's spot all year. Top power play, top line. He was essentially the plug and play Kucherov. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna have the same opportunities he had last year. He played well and like that should earn him, you know, some steady playing time in the top six, but he's definitely not gonna have the opportunities that he had last year. But you know, as they've proven a couple of years, ten years in a row basically, anywhere in their in their top six, you have a good chance to score and their their top power play is obviously lethal and he will see time on it throughout the season for sure if he's not on it regularly he's kind of the the next one in when it's not working kind of thing as if there's ever a time when Tampa's power play isn't working but I think he takes a little bit of a hit from this year he was on pace for 30 power play points now I'm going to read that at the start of the list and then I'm going to work my way down the list of Andre Plot's power play points 30 8 8 9 15 7, 11, 11, 0. 30, far and away. I mean, it's double <laughs> his previous high. I don't think he makes top power play. He was on a 69-point pace, which is nice. <laughs> and 30 of those were power play points. You know, he, he, there's, there's still going to be even strength points to be had there because I do think he maintains that top line spot. But a huge chunk of his value came from the power play, which I don't believe he'll have next year. Maybe he will. Maybe, but I really think it's going to go to Kalorn. They went back to Kalorn in the power play for the playoffs. So I think it's it's pretty much a lock. If you have Plot in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, like deep keepers where Plot is in your keeper pool, somebody you're thinking about, I sell him. For me, he's he's the biggest sell of the entire year, of the offseason. Plot is the biggest sell. One of my biggest regression candidates. It's something I'm going to talk about in our regression episode if we have one coming up i think we do yeah i don't have nearly the same hopes for plot pushing for 70 points next year not even close yeah no um i think he's still a solid player but i do think that um god damn it why'd you draft so fast i do think that uh, i clicked on the wrong person too it's fine but um true by who, like, who are you gonna pick Tell me. Oh, what did I get? At 126th, I took Truba. I was going to take Krug. I am looking at D2. Um, um, I feel like Krug stunk it up last year. He has to be better this year. I just don't have a ton of faith in St. Louis's power play. Like, they're a strong team, yeah. but I just don't think they're like a power play team. They certainly were not this year. <laughs> they didn't. Uh, and it's, it heavily depends on... They didn't have Tarasenko. It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. Did you get Samsonov? Yep. Pretty happy with my goalies. Yes. Took him rounds 10 and 11. Kemper and Samsonov. Fine with that. In a 12-team draft that we're doing right now with um, two goalies, basically, that's 24 goalies taken, right? So you have... And with so many teams playing two goalies a lot you really can get two goalies no matter what. Like, you're going to get two reasonable goalies if you don't jump on those first couple of... Hey, Carter Hart's still out there. Fuck. Could have had him. Could have had him. You should take him. <sighs> I know you don't have goalies. But anyway, I mean, Tampa, I think they're going to be great. Um, the only real red flag here, I think, 
is Palat. He's gonna he's his point pace is gonna fall tremendously. I think Kucherov showed us in the playoffs that he picked up right where he left off. First round pick, no problems with him. Looks like Alex Barbelay is going to be a mainstay. Michael Stevens, like they have to put together an entire, or Mitchell Stevens. I forget who that guy is. But anyway, they have to put together a third line because, you know, their, their third line, uh, Barclay Goudreau's in New York, Blake Coleman's in Calgary, and Yanni Gord's in Seattle. They don't have a third line anymore. So that's three extra guys that get, get chances. So look out for that. It's going to be probably your deeper leagues that are, are looking at that. But, uh, yeah, what else do you got to say about Tampa here, man? Well, just kind of going along with what you just said about the lack of third line, and that's part of the thing that made Tampa so good is, like, amazing top six, but also the great third and fourth line. So it, it, it's kind of wondering if that's going to give more playing time to the top two lines. I mean, they, they don't play insane minutes i'm just wondering how that's going to play out because they definitely their third line did carry a good chunk of work so there will be a definite change in playing time across the board i think that takes us to detroit they're they're still going to be a bad team they got alex nadelkovic for peanuts they got ps Suter. so there's you know there's new faces there what is your What's your kind of gauge of this team? Like, what are you what are you thinking? I, you know what? I think they're gonna be bad, but I don't think they're like gross the way that Buffalo's gross. Like to me, like when you say Buffalo, it's just like ah, I don't even want to look at the team. Um, yeah, and that's obviously a played out thing to say, but it's it's true. It's just Buffalo stinks. I think there's more in Detroit, and just with Iserman working the board there, he is starting to put together some pieces and he's um he's doing things right and has Detroit moving in the right direction Buffalo's doing everything wrong and is still heading in the wrong direction um so I think just generally speaking I like Detroit more oh I got a draft um but yeah I mean between the guys you mentioned <laughs> still got Krug Verana yeah I might get Krug just to have some D uh oh we better we're almost done yeah fuck it Krug Tyler Mott's still out there that's true. It's not a it's not a categories though. You know who's still out there? Oh my god. Don't say it because I already know. I just put him in my queue. Oh, okay. God uh, damn it, Sam Bennett. Anyway. <laughs> no, but uh Tarasenko and Giroux are still out there. I was looking at Giroux, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. One of those two is gonna be my next pick. But here's Jake Verana. Who else as a uh a, a fantasy staple is still out there is Timo Meyer. I mean I know he's not he's on San Jose, which stinks, but he still gets you a lot of stats. Yeah, but Detroit, I mean, who's your favorite player on Detroit? What do you think? Uh, Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin hands in a way. I think uh you know, we've been calling him for maybe that bounce back slash breakout. Like he looked really great. There goes Drew. He looked really great a few years ago. And it's gonna everything is tied hand in hand to his shot volume. The year that he had that immense breakout, he was damn near four shots a game. And then the year the year following that, it just it dropped off. So I just don't know. Like he showed us the ceiling, so I know it's there. You know, three point eight was his shots per game the year he paced for seventy nine points. Then it was a sixty one point pace, and then it was forty three. Okay, and the shots go in line with that three point eight, three point one, 
3.0. Now, his highest shooting percentage was also in his highest shooting volume year, 3.8 shots per game, 11.1 shooting percentage. I don't know what it is about this guy, but he just doesn't have that lethal, he doesn't have that snipe shot. You know what I mean? So maybe there's some Tyler Toffoli stuff going on there where the volume doesn't match the, the, the efficacy. I don't really know. I don't know. So there is always going to be that powder keg surrounding Dylan Larkin. I think you draft before me, but I plan to draft him next. Either him, Tarasenko, or, you know, Jakob Vrana maybe. But I, I, I think Larkin is probably at the top of that list for me. You know, Tarasenko is a question mark. Verona, I don't know, but I, I like Larkin better than Verona. We're talking about it right now. Who's the guy I like most from Detroit? It's it's Dylan Larkin. Top line center, top power play. He's locked in. Uh, the shot volume, we've seen it before. So I'm, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, I think he's still, even though he's never quite put it all together, I don't think... Even without realizing his full potential, I think he's still a, a really good player, you know. And I think by getting rid of Mantha, um, definitely kind of changes the the look a lot. Bringing in Verana, uh, and Verana just went before Larkin in the thirteenth round. Oh, there you go. It'll be interesting to see. Like Verana is the opposite, right? Like he's a guy who doesn't shoot a lot either. Just he seems to score every time he shoots. Well, um, what I've loved about him is his his shot rates are really good. The per 60s, he just never had uh, time on ice. So his breakout followed suit with a little bit extra time on ice, top power play time, which I think is available to him in Detroit more so than it was in, in Washington. So I'm excited to see what Verona gives us in a full season with you know less obstacles in his way. So I, he is in my top targets. But I have Tyler Bertuzzi possibly ahead of him just because there's that banger element to his game. He, he brings a lot more to the table in terms of category coverage. So, you know, in your Cats leagues, I'm definitely putting Bertuzzi above Verona. In points leagues, it's closer. It's a lot closer, and it really could go either way. I don't know if Verona, you know, is going to be tied to Larkin if that second line takes off. Bertuzzi and Larkin has been a duo before. Thank you for not taking Larkin. No, I went with Verhage at 150th. I think that's pretty... Pretty all right. Yeah, man. He's going to be with with Reinhardt and Barkov. Sick. That could. Okay, so let's let's talk top power play. It's going to be Verana, we hope. Larkin, we hope. Bertuzzi. Uh, Larkin, to me, is maybe the only lock. Uh, Bertuzzi, maybe. I know Daily Faceoff, I think, has Bertuzzi on the second power play. For me, it's Zadina, Larkin, Bertuzzi and Verona with Philip Peronik as the top power play quarterback. Nick Letty is a sufficient puck moving defenseman. I think he could run the top power play, but Heronik right now, and then there's going to be Cedar, more Cider, sorry, no uh, Cider, <laughs> but I think they have options. They're, none of them are great options, you know what I mean? But they have middling options, three guys that could run it. I don't know. Are you, are you on the Heronik train? Um... It wouldn't take much to get me off of it, but yeah, as far as what they have, yeah. I'd have to say he's got to be the guy, but like you said, I mean, they know, you know, good, solid veteran Letty. If Ronick isn't doing it, there is an adequate replacement, but I think Letty's the kind of guy who's just that, too. He's just a replacement, and they're like, okay, he's been in for two games, now let's try Ronick again. I think that's kind of the situation. 
Unless Troy Stetcher shows up. Oh, please. We're not going <laughs> to talk about Troy Stetcher. Come on, man. The, the the pride of White Rock, BC. No, I think that's about it um, for them. Like they, they are a more exciting team. Do you see anything with, uh, I mean, Robbie Fabry or anybody like that? Yeah, Fabry is like, I, I think they re-signed Ernie. I don't know what's up with Bobby Ryan. So there's, there's a couple question marks there. You know, Fabry is always kind of like a guy that gets hot one week out of the year and that's it. Kind of like a Noel Shari, right? Like there's one or two weeks where we're just talking about Robbie Fabry and Noel Shari and then we don't talk about him again. So to me, he's streamer material in 12 teams. Like, you know, that is kind of without saying, but I just don't think there's a ton there. Like you start digging, you're not going to find much. Uh, you know, Suter could be really interesting if he's going to be a second line center, possibly with Verona. I think Suter showed us enough in Chicago, but again, that was with to Brinkett and Kane. So I think they're, you know, we're probably looking at another 45 point year for Suter. I just think as soon as you get past Larkin, Bertuzzi, Verona, maybe Hironic, like for me in 12 teamers, Hironic probably makes it to the wire, you know? That's it. Yeah. I mean, a, a team of streamers, a team of fun streamers, I think, that could have hot streaks. But yeah, I think maybe two years from now, Detroit might look a lot better than they do right oh, now. Oh, they're going to be gnarly. They're going to be it's gnarly. Not, it's not now. I've heard Now is not the time. <laughs> I've heard Lucas Raymond is coming over to North America. Maybe it's for AHL. Yes. I don't necessarily think it's time for him. Like, you know, you're not you're not ready. So just don't burn ELC time in my opinion. Like I wouldn't burn ELC time to still finish outside the playoffs. You know what I mean? So get those cheap years. You don't have huge contracts or anything coming up, but you still want to hold those cheap years. We have avoided the biggest fantasy story for Detroit. And I think we got to talk about it. What do you see of Alex Nadokovic? Oh boy. Um, this, it should also be worth noting volume. There's going to be volume. He has yet to be drafted in our 12 team and we're going into the 14th round. So he has yet I, to be drafted. Oh, you took Meyer. Hey, I have to pick a goalie right now. Uh, we are at Sorokin. Uh, I don't know, man. Carrie price is still there. Yeah. Price or Sorokin. Sorokin, the New York Islanders lead the league in back-to-backs and he's a 50% goalie already. That's true. I Price is going to have a monster year in terms of playing time. I think here's who's left right now, just because I'm looking at goalies. They're in the last round: uh, Bobrovsky, Kapokakinen, Carey Price, Lankinen. Obviously, lost a lot of his uh, the sheen, his playing time. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carey Price just because. Uh, there we go. Fourteenth round, folks. Kudobin. Fade goalies. Do it. Go read Apples and Genos Zero G article absolutely do not if if you if you don't get vasileski or hellebuck there's no reason to draft a goalie before round eight none before round nine even uh kemper in the 10th but i think you know come draft season where yahoo is projecting him to be the third best goalie because pete jensen's talked about him nonstop, uh <laughs> or you know like things are going to catch up we're getting a lot of value here in fan tracks because they're last year's Numbers like Panarin in the second round. I don't know that that's going to happen. Pasternak going seventh overall. I don't know that that's going to happen. Aaron Ekblad in the sixth round. Don't know that that's going to happen. Ransky, like these guys are going to get hyped, hype, hype, hype. So 
these mock drafts are going to be uh, with a couple grains of salt there. But Alex Nedeljkovic, I'm right there with you. I think there's going to be volume. Detroit gives up a fuck ton of shots. The defensive system is nothing like it is in Carolina. I think we're going to see a human. I don't think he's going to be superhuman anymore. So, you know, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody that I think moving to Detroit from Carolina is a uh, negative for his value. I think that pretty much goes without saying. <laughs> I think but so, yeah. Maybe so there's still that. value there. Like, this is a guy that's probably going to fall to your waiver wire in 12 teams. And if he gets hot, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Like, Detroit is a team that has all the pieces to be a good team. They don't have the pieces right now to be a great team, but they could very well be a good team. Bertuzzi's going to be healthy, hopefully for, you know, knock on wood, hopefully yeah. for a full season. Him and Larkin together have been pretty good in years past. Nedeljkovic is a, you know, decorated goalie who has pedigree and who has raw talent. So there's, there's you know, there's an avenue for them to be good. There's an avenue for them not to be a basement team. So I think, you know, Ned is somebody that post-draft, I'm putting on my watch list. And like, like if you fade goalies and he's the guy that you get, I, I don't know that, I, like, especially in a volume league, right? So like if saves are worth a ton or, you know, goalies are a bunch of cats for you and you have, uh, you know, game started and saves or whatever, I'm all about it. I, I, I like net there. Yeah, well, unlike the, the type of league that we're drafting in right now, like a points league um, with no negative... Uh, stats right where you don't lose anything really for for being bad because that's a big a big difference in how people score goalies is like if you have a volume guy like that and you know it doesn't really matter if you lose too much whereas there's some leagues where if you're on a bad team you really do lose a lot of value but in a standard league i i would i would pick him in like maybe uh when it gets into like 16 team leagues and you're getting into drafting like 32 to 40 goalies probably then that's when I think he'd be maybe draftable but I do love the the apples and genos the zero zero g thing it's it's worth a read it's worth a read yeah yeah just wait you're you're only gonna see 24 to 30 goalies go in a 12 team league so that means you are guaranteed two starting goalies Agreed. And just the return on investment in goalies is is outside of like Vasilevsky, who to me is the only sure thing. Like we've seen Hellebuck have bad years. Agreed. Uh, is even Hellebuck, I feel iffy about. So for me, it's like if you don't get Vasilevsky, you don't draft goalies until like double digit rounds. That's it. Because there's chances like Grubauer went late last year and and Varlamov went late last year and Cam Talbot and UC Soros every single year. There's just this new crop of like stellar goalies and your chances of hitting on one of them versus hitting on one of them in the fourth round. You know, one of those is going to actually hurt your team by not picking like a Braden point instead. <laughs> or you could like get somebody that fucking goes off. And you're not going to feel bad. Like Carter Hart owners last year felt bad about drafting him because they draft capital. So if, if your goalie has a shit year and you got him in the 14th round, you're not going to feel bad about dropping him and you should drop him. So I, I just don't think there's any like the pros and cons. I don't think there's any cons when it comes to drafting a goalie late. No, I agree. Uh, all right. That's it for this episode, man. 
Right. Anything left to say on the first part of the Atlantic? Did we mention Buffalo's terrible still? Because that's. I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll. Yeah, we should rehash that. They're yeah, they're bad. They're gonna be bad. All right. I'm gonna take Josh Anderson and say goodbye. I'm gonna take Mike Hoffman and say goodbye. A couple of Montreal guys in the 15th round. But anyway, we're FHF Hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. Uh, you can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Get in on one of these Monday mocks that we're doing most Mondays. Like last week, it was a it was on a Wednesday. I'm I, right now. I'm in uh, Virginia. I'm training for a new job, so I'm away for three weeks. And the first couple weeks of that job, or the first couple days rather, fell on a Monday, and I just didn't have time, so it kept getting pushed back. Um, but yeah, most of the time they're on a Monday, and you can catch us. You know, later on this week, hopefully we got the the whole team here, but we'll do the second half of the Atlantic, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and Boston. So, you know, fun one. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. That's it for us. We love you. Love you.